podcast uses profanity and topics may be disturbing for some listeners. Listen at your own risk. Welcome back to Hell on Hills podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Amanda. And hello. Welcome. Hi. What's going on? Yo, what up? Pull up a chair. Or not. I don't care. Stand and listen. Yeah, that's fine too. Walk and listen even. You know what? Drive and listen. That's fine. Oh yeah, that sounds better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got you guys. We we know what's better. Just Look, drive and listen. We don't care what you do. Just listen. Just hang out with us. Yeah. You know, that's nobody all. else listens to me. So please just listen. I listen to you sometimes. That's what keeps me coming back to this. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, hello, welcome. How are you? Uh, I mean, I'm great. We're snowed in, so it's awesome. You're snowed in. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that we really get snowed in anymore. Yeah, I was going to ask, do y'all still have to drip your pipes or do y'all just have crazy faucets? Like, do y'all just prepare for this? Um, I mean, if we're not home, we might. If it, if it gets really cold, we might have to drip the pipes, but we don't mm-hmm. typically know. Oh, okay. Yeah, it drops below freezing and I'm like, drip all the faucets. I mean, it's below freezing here, but we're not. We're not doing that. Oh, I do that. Oh, no, we're not. Granted, I mean, in the house, it's pretty, pretty warm. And I believe they bury the pipes for the water a little bit deeper here so that mm-hmm. it's not as affected by frost and freeze. That makes sense. Okay. But also, I mean, we anticipate cold weather. So, but like the weather, let me find my phone. Let me tell you what temperature it is today. Okay. It's telling me it's 23 degrees outside right now. Really? Mm-hmm. It's 16 here. Oh. <laughs> I mean, our our low is supposed to be 16, so it'll drop more, but um, our high today was 34. But we just, we just had a storm, too. Yeah, which is what I think we're getting right now. We got that Arctic blast or whatever, because uh-huh. our high today is 21 and our low is 7. Yeah, our low, I don't know what it was this past week. There, I don't know. It's not that cold. It's not, at least not today. Uh, it's your guys' turn to be cold. My turn's over for <laughs> a minute. Yeah, I mean, if we got it now, I'm sure it come from y'all, so. We did not give it to you guys. I promise that. <laughs> if anyone gave it to you guys, it was Maisie, because she's always doing snow dances. Well, she can come snow dance down here. Like, I don't mind it. I like it. It's very, um, it's very bright. It's very bright. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I've turned this living room light on all day. Well, yeah, that snow reflects the sun, you know? Yeah. And we have a butt ton of windows. And, like, this room is, like, 40% window, so. I wish. None of oh. our rooms have that many windows. All of our windows are small, but our house oh, is my. old. When I was measuring to see how much uh, curtain I need to make for this one back here, it's, I think it's seven feet long and four foot tall it's a big ass window like why do you need that much window i wish i had that much window oh sorry we just talked about this didn't we yeah 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 (laughs) anyways um so you're preparing for snow anything else Mm, i'm ready for my child to go back to daycare but that's not happening because they're closed so that's pretty much it oh well i can't help there when was last time she was in daycare friday oh you act like that's been so long. And I'm like, I swear you kept taking her. Look, it's, she's great. 
Okay. That was convincing. <laughs> she is great. It's just toddlers are a lot of work when you pair them with a newborn. So, well, according to you, she's in the creepy toddler phase too. She's so damn creepy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what that is, but well, I don't want it. Look, sometimes it's funny, but it's the it's the the standing at the end of a dark hallway that I'm not a fan of. Or now she's gotten to where she'll okay. So when she naps, I nap lately because, like I said, you know, newborn. So when she takes a nap in the middle of the afternoon, I will also lay down on the couch and nap while she's sleeping. <laughs> well, since she's been in this cool little thing of leaving her room, I guess after she stands in the hallway long enough and we don't come by for her to scare, she has been coming into the living room and poking me. And I open my eyes and she's directly in my face. Like, wake up. First of all, it's don't tell me what to do. Second of all, why are you awake? Because she's done. It's been half an hour. No, you're not. Uh, she's getting to the point where she's going to start taking shorter and shorter naps. She already only naps once a day. I, I didn't say frequency. I said shorter. Like everyone tells me toddlers are supposed to have like two naps a day at least. Well, have you met mine? Because she doesn't need it. She just lives on my anxiety. And moldy blueberries. And blackberries, blackberries, yeah, blackberries. Her and the Ispolinis. No, because she's not afraid of them. Oh no, not at all. She's the opposite. Yeah, she would be like their savior, I guess. Every Ispolini needs an Annie. It's really the bush they're afraid of. She doesn't really care about the bush. She's only eating the berries. Oh, she does if there's berries on it. Yeah, but she's not going to uproot the bush. Oh no. So it's still a tripping hazard. Hmm. Yeah. So they might fear her, though, because they'll be like, oh, my gosh, this little demon is eating the blackberries. Something has got to be wrong with her. Mm -hmm. Well, anything else? Any other updates? No. Well, I've got some stories and updates. Okay. Because an episode just. Sorry, I I did want to say real quick, just to remind you, because you told me to about the lady. The lady story. Yes, I remembered. Look at me go. I know. Do you want the story from my dad today because an episode just released or do you want Ladybug first? Damn, they're both going to be good. Listen, let's just start with what my dad has because I've got I've got the text message proof. So he sends me a text today at 1145 a.m. And he goes, so peculiar or peculiar? But I think he was saying peculiar, like peculiar for both. Mm-hmm. And I said, parkular. <laughs> like, yeah. what do you not get? Parkular. And he goes, doesn't matter. It isn't a word. Stop. Obviously. Obviously. Um, so I wasn't sure if he had gotten there. And I asked, have you gotten to Amanda's story? He said he's listening ne- now, shaking his head. And I said, then you'll find out why it's parkular. And I said, yeah. and it's parkular. And I like spelled it out for him. And I was like, I should have put hyphens in the name, but I didn't think about it. And his response, I'm hitting my head on the wall. For me for which part and he said see oh. above i said parkular's coming up he just sends me a gif of someone like rubbing their face and i was like look we were struggle busing <laughs> that night neither of us could say words no. you're lucky we got that one out like what are you talking about um anyways 
So I ended up calling him because I went in and I added hyphens to the title so that it did not confuse oh. him anymore. Okay. And he, he did not think it was funny. And then he proceeded to try to use parkular in sentences. And I told him he was using it wrong. Well, that's why he doesn't like it. He doesn't understand it. I know. I said parkular can only be in reference to a park. Dad. Duh. Duh. Parkular. Yeah. And it's not the park itself. It's describing the park. Yes. So I had to explain that to my dad, but we're already getting that shit from him. Also, he had to uh, clarify that we know that Sean Connery is dead. He died, I believe, in like 2020, 21. Yeah. Why do you have to bring it up? Because you mentioned the leash, 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 and having Sean Connery be the voice of it. Only because of the way that he talked. I'm just telling you, he yeah. had to clarify that. And he then tried to say leash, leash, leash. And I had to say, no, no, no. no it's leash, 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 leash. Please get it right. <laughs> and so I want you guys to know he doesn't listen to us either. He just picks up on small pieces and then throws it at us. So we're just. We're just background noise to him. We're buffoons to him. Oh, that's fine. That's fine, too. <laughs> but that's that's my update for my dad. And then I guess we can go ahead. I'll tell you the ladybug story in a second. But I can't tell you the ladybug story until I, I tell you the... I mean, you already know this, but I tell our listeners the rest. Okay. So a few episodes ago. I don't even know how many episodes. It was forever ago. Because we recorded it in, like, September. <laughs> But I was going through our third IVF transfer as Amanda gives me a face like she doesn't know what I'm talking about. Oh, no. Sorry. The child's <laughs> doing that Screaming. trial thing. No, you're fine. So we went through that. That was uh, October 25th. And we actually found out, out on November 6th that that at least one of the embryos stuck. It was a double embryo transfer. So as of right now, I am pregnant. We then found out on... I don't know, November 13th, that both embryos stuck. And so, hey guys, I'm pregnant with twins. Yay. Yay. We're excited. We're nervous. Um, Amanda hasn't, I mean, we haven't done a video in a while, but she hasn't done anything specifically right now because I have a bunch of baby stuff behind <laughs> me. Um, so we're going to be getting ahead again on recording because... <laughs> I now need maternity leave from the podcast. Mm -hmm. And so we're we're going to be doing some time traveling again, guys. <laughs> but uh, when you guys hear this, I should be, I don't know, when does this come out? I said the 28th. So 15, 16. I'll be 16 weeks along. So we're currently right now safely into our second trimester. We will reference the babies as the twerds. <laughs> I will give my dad full credit for that. That was his his thought thought there so we'll we'll accept it did so, he make you say that no that's just he's gonna call if i don't oh okay so, so yes yeah i'm just covering bases there <laughs> but yeah so i'm very excited um i guess it's my turn to figure out what it's like having two children but i think it's gonna be a little bit different oh it's gonna be yeah it's not gonna be the same oh i just realized i'm gonna have the terrible twos but with two of them it's okay. Just start punching them. I thought you couldn't do that until they were in their 20s. Oh, I got confused. I stopped at the first two. Yeah, you. that's where you kind of oh. messed it up there. Okay. 
Okay, so to go back to the ladybug story, because I've been teasing this for Amanda for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just, the story, the original story. I don't even know how old I was. This was in the 90s, okay? I was little. I was under the age of 10. My dad's version is different than mine, because I called my dad to get his version, and his version is wrong, okay? <laughs> my version, my version, my memory, I'm saying is correct. So my version... I don't remember what I was doing. It was just me and my dad. And we were walking out of somewhere. And he pointed to something on my finger or on my hand. So I am assuming he's saying it's a ladybug. But I didn't hear him. I panicked and I shoved it in my mouth. Uh, oh, uh, yes. If I was like only six-ish at the time, I just panicked. I'm just telling you, I remember panic, shoving it in my mouth and then spitting it out. My dad's version is that I picked it up and put it in my mouth after he said it was a ladybug, and I'm calling bullshit. I think that's how he wants to remember it. That's probably how he wants to remember it, but I remember panic, because I didn't know what it was, and for some reason, my natural reaction was shove it in your mouth. <laughs> I'm prone to believe that, though, not because your dad's a fib and fibber, but because you remember trauma. Stuff like that, when you're traumatized as a child, that sticks with you, okay? Exactly. I was traumatized as a child Mm -hmm. by a ladybug. Anyways, so the point of this story is my dad then sends me a few days ago. This is very cute. Hold on. Sends me this little baby onesie with little ladybugs all over it. And because I think I'm hilarious, I said, careful, I might eat them if ladybugs are involved. (laughs) And he just said, good point. So in case you guys are wondering, now my children are probably going to have ladybug everything. I think it's precious and I love it. So that's the ladybug story I've been waiting to tell you because I didn't want to explain everything and then have to explain it again. So this is your only explanation you get. Okay, I'll take it. Okay, okay, good. As long as you'll take it. And then I think that's the only update I have. I think that's it. I mean, a, a, a rather large one, but... Oh, God. Lord. Okay, I'm also going to complain because this is Cody's mom's doing. She wished twins on us, okay? Mm-hmm. She did. For the longest time, even before Cody and I were trying to have a baby, for the longest time, she'd be like, I just, I feel like either Cody... Or Cody's sister, Shelby, is go- they're going to have twins. And I kept telling her to shut her mouth. I don't want it. And then she kept saying, you guys are going to have twins. You guys are going to have twins. And then Cody's sister goes, not different sister, she goes and she has a dream that I'm having triplets. Okay. Well, if everybody needs to calm down, first uh-huh. of all. Mm-hmm. Okay. And stop wishing babies on other people. You're not allowed to wish babies on anybody but yourself. Oh, I'm not done because they're not the only ones. Okay. <gasps> You then, have too many negative people in your life. I know, right? <laughs> I had a coworker, Janice. She's older. She actually has a set of twins herself, identical twins. And when I worked with her, she's like, I, I wish twins on you. And I'm like, Janice, <sighs> you shut your filthy mouth. And then my family, of course, I have one aunt. It might have been all of them. I only remember the one saying it. But when we were talking, like, this is before we started IVF. I think it was when we were talking about the surgery I was going into. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure we talked about it last Christmas. Two Christmases ago, I guess. And one aunt was like, oh, you're going to have twins then. Shut your face. I just keep opening my mouth and nothing's coming out. And then I close my mouth. Like, what? I don't, I don't like this for you. 
look, I'm I'm gonna look on the bright side. One and done. I don't have to yeah, go through true. this again. One and done. One Very pregnancy. True. Because this guys, this pregnancy has been hell. Yeah. I'm pretty sure anytime I tell Amanda like anything, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm still freaking nauseous. I'm still puking. Yeah, me, genius me over here. I was like, don't worry about it. You're almost to the second trimester. And Start Googling. It'll tell you that it takes longer to get to the, that second trimester, no symptoms, mm-hmm. because there's two of them. So real thrilled about that. So now um, you guys might have heard me reference this nasty special drink. Now I just chug ginger ale, which, by the way, if you guys like ginger ale, it's disgusting. What's wrong with your taste buds? I hate ginger ale. No. <sighs> but it helps with the nausea. I just am going to complain about having to drink it. Though I will say it's better than sucking on a ginger candy and having that taste stuck in your mouth. Oh, no, I loved it. I don't like ginger, though, so. I love ginger and the ginger candy and the taste it left in my mouth. No. See, I like ginger if it's more of like a seasoning type thing. Like Mm -hmm. if it's in a dish, that's fine. I don't like it as the prominent flavor. Just love ginger. (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, so we've got the twirts. Coming on in and uh, their due date is in July, but my doctor made it clear they will not be here in July. They'll be here most likely in June. So thank God. Thank God. But also now I'm stressed that they're going to be before June. It's a whole thing. Oh, I, I get it. That's where we're at. Uh, Amanda's going to have to get used to me running to the bathroom puking, which I think I haven't done yet. But there have been times where I thought about it and then I chug some ginger ale and it's fine. Look, I'm never going to stop anybody from going to the bathroom. So. Okay. Yeah, just take off and I'll just be like, I'll put a pin in this. Put a pin in it. It's fine. That's fine. It's fine. It's been real rough, but it's fine. But overall. Oh, and then on top of that, we found out November 6th that it was positive. By the way, on November 6th, we knew it was twins because they sent us my HCG levels, which were over (laughs) a thousand. And they were expected to be in the hundreds. Like the two three four hundred range so we knew we knew on the six it was just confirmed that following monday my point being is that after we got that a couple days later i actually got sick and developed this stupid congestion and cough that i can't get rid of now because on top of that guys when you're pregnant your immune system is shot Mm -hmm. so i can't i'm not fighting anything off that I am really sorry for because uh, I went through that a lot, which I will say, at least you're not going to have a toddler and then be pregnant again and get everything that cesspool brings home. Oh, that God, no. One and done, one and done. One <laughs> pregnancy and done. Okay. Just have her go ahead and take everything out while she's at it. That's going to be the request. Just remove everything. I don't want any more. This was a, a nightmare to begin with. I can't do it again. Okay. I can't. And then everyone that tells me you'll forget, I hold grudges. Yeah, you might forget. But even then, if not, like my first pregnancy was easy and my second one was pure hell. So the whole second pregnancy, I'm sitting here like, what's your problem, Lee? And he wasn't like this. And now I'm just pitting him against each other and he's not even born yet. So. No, I'm not going to forget. I am not going to forget that they demand food and then return it aggressively. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Do you see my issue here? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to forget that. I'm also not going to forget the stress they put me through for all of this, for them to be like, no, we have to come in. We are coming in a pair of two. 
get your shit together. So, yeah. But, hey, we're calling them designer babies because of how yes. much they've cost. Mm-hmm. So, they've got a pair of designer shoes behind me. And by designer <laughs> shoes, I mean these are a present from my fertility clinic. So, I paid a lot for those shoes. I'd say it's, uh, yeah. It's I was going to say, I'd say it's worth it. But then I stopped myself because I'm like, well. Well, you don't have twins. Yeah. Though you do have two under two. Are you scared that you're not going to be able to tell them apart? They shouldn't be identical. They should be fine. Okay. That's good. Because they're, we've confirmed they each have their own placenta and they have their own sack. We're just going off on this, guys. If you don't want to listen to the whatever, that's fine. And they also place the two embryos. So. Ah, okay. So it wasn't one that split. No, no, no. It shouldn't be. God, I hope it's not. But. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. They should be different. Mm-hmm. I mean, should be based off of what the fertility doctor told us. But and also what's a bummer now? <laughs> Let me just go off on this. With the fertility doctor because there's two, I was going in for a minute weekly to check on children. And that was mm-hmm. a great peace of mind for me. I didn't care that it had to be a transvaginal ultrasound. That's fine. But I was getting reassurances weekly that they had heartbeats, they were wiggling around, they were doing okay, they were growing. I've graduated to the OB and I don't get that anymore. They just ripped it away from you. They did. And it's been really hard because it was like how I had it scheduled was that it was like weekly appointments, graduated from IVF doctor. And then the next week I had an appointment with the OB. So it like kind of felt like it was still weekly with, you know, whatever. And then she goes, oh, yeah, see you in four or five weeks. What? Oh, yeah. The once a month hate it i hate it which reminds me i need to call them tomorrow but i'm just i'm just saying i hate it but i I'm guess sorry. the only reassurance i get that they're still there is the fact that they're returning food yeah um they're just they're letting you know that they're here for you question mark yeah they're letting me know some stuff but we've gotten yeah, we're we're really excited. This room that I'm in, our office, is not going to be our office anymore. So at some point, this will be changed. Where this computer will be, I don't know. I have no idea. You got some. Not that much time. Yeah, but you got some. It's okay. You'll go into the nesting phase and you will get so much done. Well, I mean, Cody got a lot done already. I'm trying to get him into the nesting phase. Okay. Uh, when you found out, let me know how. Okay. okay. I just went, I just reverted to nagging. Okay. I do that too, but. <laughs> hey, you know what? My flooring got done. It's through the kitchen now. See? It works. I know men hate it, but it works. It's fine. Though I have snapped at him because I don't like nagging. So. Yeah, I don't either. It's really annoying. Mm-hmm. And I should only have to ask once. Yeah. I agree. Anyways, that's my update. So. We're excited. We're anxious. I think I'm anxious. Cody's really excited. Yeah, because he doesn't have to do, like, I was going to say all the work. Yeah, he's got a little bit of work, but. He had minimal work, okay? (laughs) I'm pretty sure I'm the one that had to deal with those injections for 10 weeks. And then on top of that, I had my mom going, maybe you should do the injections longer. Shut your face, mom. I'm not doing injections longer and even the doctor's like we already technically had her do it extra you're supposed to stop at nine weeks we have everyone go to ten weeks you're over here like you do injections mom 
you do them if you want them so bad. Like, just you making leave. sure they're there. You leave they're my there. butt out of this. Hey, my booty hurts enough as is, okay? <laughs> okay. Please stop asking for bad things to happen. <laughs> so the IVF doctor shut her down on that real quick, though. Granted, she oh. asked more as a joke, but they're like, yeah, no. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, they shut it down. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. But that's where we are. Um, a rumor has it that you have an update. Yes. Um, not me personally, but uh, we have an update on a murderer. This uh, is one that I just didn't okay. want to read the article, so I sent it to Amanda because she covered the story. <laughs> this is an update on Jamie Osuna. That was a brutal, brutal episode. It was episode um, 31. 31 had... and 32. It was a two-parter, guys. Oh, yeah, that's right. 31, 31 and 32. 32. Thank you. He no, I'm sorry. A... 30 and 31. I'm sorry. It's 30 and 31. 30 and 31. Okay. Yeah. He had a hearing last month via Zoom for resentencing, which when I first read that, I was like, wait, what? Well, they passed a law in 2020 addressing enhancing prior prison prison terms. There's Sean Connery again. Um, his sentence was reduced by one year which means he is now serving life without parole plus 20 years for the torture and murder of Yvette Pena. Judge Gloria J. Cannon said that he had made no effort towards rehabilitation. Are we surprised? If you've listened to that episode, I don't think so. Mm -mm. He's been in a mental health facility receiving mental help after he was found mentally incompetent before going to trial for the gruesome murder and dismemberment of his cellmate louis romero um or uh, sorry i believe it's louise romero uh he's due back in court sometime early this year it didn't give a specific date for a preliminary hearing to see if he's mentally competent to stand trial yeah that's that's about what i skim read sounds right so mm -hmm. i actually didn't read that much guys i read probably the first paragraph and went yeah this is amanda's case <laughs> Sorry. She can handle it. Yeah. That's okay. I handled it. Look, I found the update, so I think that counts for something. Oh, that counts for a lot, because otherwise it wouldn't have gotten done. I didn't find it. And I have the freaking email set up, so going to be getting rid of that. Can't help you there. Well, are you ready to talk about some socials? I sure am. So we've got Instagram, we've got X, we've got Facebook, Instagram and Facebook, Hell on Heels Podcast, X, Hell on Heels Pod. Um, if you prefer it being called Twitter, I still prefer it being called Twitter. It's still Hell on Heels mm -hmm. Pod. We have our email. So if you have any questions, comments, story suggestions, requests, whatever it is, um, you can email us, hellonheelspodcast at gmail.com. And then we also have our Patreon up and going. So if you want to donate there, see some of our specials there. I do have extended episodes on there as well as we're working on getting game nights out. Um, and then we do have our link tree up and going as well. So link tree is going to have the links to literally everything. Last I checked, if you Google Hell on Heels podcast link tree, it comes right on up. So that's how you can get to everything. And then are you ready for a story? I sure am. I think. I don't know. I, I always come in and I'm like, yeah, let's go. And then I'm like, no, don't go. Go back. Um, so last episode i apparently think you issued a challenge Son of a bitch. <laughs> did i issue a challenge or did you sniff out a challenge in some kind of twisting of my words 
Your words twisted to issue a challenge. It's both of our faults here, okay? It's how I interpreted it and how you delivered. I, I, I do not recall twisting words on purpose. <laughs> don't remember that happening at all. Um, apparently it did. I don't remember it happening either until I finished the story and went, oops. So I was going to do the story my dad requested. I just did not have time to go through the notes that I wanted to. Um, nor did I have the mental capacity or the patience to do it because I've been looking at it for weeks. And so I, I still needed a break. I'm sorry. I've already told my dad he's not getting it this episode, though. So <laughs> he's fine. Sorry, not sorry. But another two weeks, dad. It's on its way. And he knows what it is. He knows. But instead, I turned to uh, the good old ticker talker to get a story idea. God, TikTok's so brutal sometimes. And I think we've I've mentioned my algorithm on TikTok. It's not the best. For a minute, it was all uh, child-focused cases. It's not anymore. It's just really aggressive cases now. Great. So today I'm covering the murder of Colleen Slemmer. Most will refer to this as a case of Krista Pike. And Krista Pike is who we're going to focus on because I got most details about her. So Krista Gail Pike was born on March 10th, 1976 in Beckley, West Virginia. Her mother, Carissa Hansen, and father, Emil Glenn Pike, had a turbulent relationship. So Carissa and Emil had been married for two years, divorced for a year, after Emil caught Carissa cheating. And then they would remarry for another two years, and they would divorce after a suicide attempt from Carissa. Uh, Oh, okay. Yeah, this Uh is a lot going on. Yeah, a lot of um, marriage and divorce already in here. And how old was she when all this was happening, do we know? She would have been, from what I could find, just like an infant, a little baby. Oh, no. So she kind of, it sounds like she grew up in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Now, unfortunately for Krista, she would be neglected as a child. There is one and only one report that stated that Krista was born with an organic, I should say one report from a news article. Nothing else mentioned this. Um, that's not true. Another source mentioned it, but I'm going to mention that source later on. So... There is one report that stated Krista was born with, quote, organic brain damage and malformation of the brain caused by alcohol abuse during pregnancy. Fetal alcohol syndrome. Oh, God. So this is even before she was born. Mm -hmm. God love her. Yeah. An aunt of Krista's would note that as an infant, Krista would be crawling around the house and through piles of dog doo-doo that were left all over the house. Oh, uh-huh. And as a very young child, some sources said infant, some said toddler, Krista would begin having severe seizures. One source, and again, this source was the only one I saw, at least source I trusted, the only one that I saw that mentioned that this was a side effect or a symptom of the fetal alcohol syndrome. But she would begin having severe seizures. And according to the same aunt, Carissa, I mean... Carissa, the mother, wanted to keep partying even after learning about her child's seizures. Uh, yeah. Okay. Not, not the best look there. Uh-oh. Now, as a child, it's reported that she was beaten and abused by her father, maternal grandmother, and several of her mother's boyfriends. One of her mother's boyfriends would punch Krista in the face when she was a little bit older. She wasn't like a toddler infant, but would punch her in the face and they did actually file charges against this boyfriend, but she did not have the best upbringing. And she ultimately didn't have a lot of parental support. 
But what she did have was her paternal grandma's support. So from the sources I could find, her paternal grandma would frequently help with childcare, not necessarily have custody, but would help with childcare. And this grandma would show Krista the love that any child should have. Unfortunately, her grandmother would pass away in 1988 when Krista was only 12 years old. This girl just can't catch a break. According to reports, Krista believed that her grandmother was the only one to ever really love her. So the death of her grandmother was really, really hard for Krista. And Krista would make her first suicide attempt, at least the first one I could find, at the age of 12. Oh my god. Sources stated after this attempt, she did not receive a lot of support for her recovery either. Not only was her home life really difficult, but her living situation was less than steady. Sources stated that Krista would be passed back and forth between her mother and father, who by the time she was a preteen teen, were living in different states. Oh. So one was in West Virginia and the other was in, I don't remember. I didn't put it in. Sorry. So she's going back and forth, which means she's also not having steady relationships with friends or anyone outside of the home. And when she was with her father and his new family, one of her younger half-sisters would accuse Krista of molesting them. So her father would send her away. Krista would claim to have been sexually assaulted several times in her youth. Some believe that she was sexually assaulted by her mother's girlfriend at the youngest at the age of two. <sighs> okay. Yeah. So, however, even with this, friends and family doubted that these claims of Krista's were even true because they believed Krista to be a pathological liar. Well, I mean, at this point, if she is, she deserves to be. Look at what she's been through. If she was molested, that's really horrible. I had a lot of different conflicting sources. Some said, yes, she was. Some said, no, she wasn't. Some, um, the one source I'll mention, which I really didn't pull a lot of information from the source, and I'll mention why later on, but one source did say that she was raped at least three times. So, in her life? Mm hmm. And this, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to ask the question. I was going to say, like, this, I'm guessing, is pretty early in her life. For the most part, yeah. Oh, God. So, again, I, I could not verify those claims. Um, the one source that I'll mention later, I just had hesitancy pulling information from that. And I'll tell you guys why later, okay? There is even a reported incident in which a man called claiming they were going to rape Krista. And in this story, Krista got a friend and they would actually just go beat this man with a stick in a parking lot. I mean, uh, I, okay. I guess that's one way to handle that threat. I don't, uh, I don't really see that as a way to handle it, but that's because... I've also never had that type of call. Yeah, I don't really know what I would do in that situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't feel like I would have the balls to address it head on. I would call my dad. I know exactly what I would do. I would call you and ask you to call your dad. <laughs> I would Sorry, be like, what do here's, I do here? here's my dad's number. Please call him. <laughs> so in her 10th grade year, when she was about 15, 16, Krista would be sent to a juvenile facility to live. And she would live there for at least a year. And during her time there, she became interested in the Job Corps. And this is a U.S. Department of Labor program that offers free education and vocational training to individuals 16 to 24. From what I could find, she would drop out of high school, but she would continue her education. Like she got her GED and she would continue her education in the Job Corps. In the fall of 1994, 
Krista Pike, she would begin attending the Job Corps Center in Knoxville, Tennessee, which has since closed. Soon after, she would meet and begin dating to Daryl Ship. Now, I will say I had one source that had him with a completely different name. But every other source I had had to Daryl. Okay. Um, now, Ship, he was a year younger than Krista. And together, Krista and Ship, they would begin developing an interest in the occult and devil worship. All right. Just a quick little hobby there, I guess. Okay, yeah. But these two, they're lovebirds. They're madly in love, Krista and Daryl. And I don't know if I'm saying his name right. It's literally to Daryl. I feel like I'm saying to every time I say it, but it's to Daryl. It sounds normal to me. Like when you okay. first said it, I was just like, okay. That's fine. But Krista, I mean, she's so madly in love. She's not even going to let anyone think about looking at her man the wrong way. That's her man's. And one of Krista's Job Corps classmates, Colleen Slemmer, had been looking at Tadaryl. At least that's what Krista believed. Colleen, however, she had no interest in Tadaryl. Zero. She would tell her friends, like, no, not a thing, whatever. Tadaryl might have been interested in her, but she did not reciprocate that in any way. Okay. Now, Krista believed that Colleen was actually trying to steal Tadaryl, and so she had to make a plan to keep her, ma- to keep her man. Simply because she was jealous of Colleen. So, Krista would help enlist the help of her friend, Shadola Peterson. And they would begin scheming. On January 12th, 1995, Krista Pike, 18, Tadaryl Ship, 17, and Shadola Peterson, 18, and Colleen Stemmer, who was 19 at the time, would all sign out of their dormitory from the Job Corps. Now, Pike, Ship, and Peterson, they all had a plan. So, Colleen, in her mind, she was invited with the promise of making peace with those three and, you know, smoking some marijuana, free marijuana for her, because that's what they promised. Okay. So she, Colleen wholeheartedly went with the intention of clearing the air and getting free weed. Like she was like, I'm down. Let's make things better. It doesn't matter. We'll be fine. I feel like they knew what they were doing here. So the four would head to the woods and they arrived to a secluded location. When they arrive, Colleen Slimmer would be attacked by Krista Pike and Tadaryl Ship. Their friend Shadola Peterson, she would stand as the lookout. Now, Pike would state that she and Ship would turn on Colleen. They stabbed her, slashed at her with a box cutter. And Pike would throw a rock that struck Colleen in the head. And when Colleen attempted to run, Pike would slice or cut open her back. Like, just slice right down her back. And it was described as a long cut on her back. Pike and Ship would brutally beat and slash at Colleen. They sat and they taunted her. And they would carve a pentagram into her chest. And this attack would last either 30 to 45 minutes. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Was, oh, uh, how long was she alive? The whole time. Uh. Krista Pike would take a large piece of asphalt and smash Colleen's school. <gasps> now Colleen would not, and this was like one of the last things that she did. Colleen would not survive this attack. Not for long. After the asphalt. Krista would later describe that after being hit in the head, or after she hit Colleen in the head with a chunk of asphalt, Colleen's body would begin jerking in the dirt. Um, that's not good. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, none of this is good. No. Before leaving Colleen's body, Krista Pike would actually take a piece of Colleen's skull as a trophy. I do not understand this. I don't. I already don't understand the trophy thing. Like, I I know 
people that collect trophies like to use it as like a memory or, you know, to look back on. I know I don't understand it. I especially don't understand taking something that gruesome and disgusting. I don't understand it either. So now the three attackers, (sighs) Pike, Ship, and Peterson, they would head back to their dormitory. And Krista Pike would actually show off her trophy to numerous people at the school. Oh, good. She's dumb. Yeah, she is. And police would quickly discover the body of Colleen Slemmer. And, you know, they're doing their police protocol and they mark off the scene as per police protocol. One officer, Harold James Underwood Jr., would reportedly state testify that while the crime scene was being monitored, a group of young women would approach. They would ask Underwood why the area was marked off. They would ask him the identity of the victim, and they would ask him if the police had any suspects. Among these girls was Krista Pike. She's... I don't feel sorry for her anymore. No. That was short-lived. Underwood actually noted that only Krista spoke. None of the other girls with her spoke. It was only Krista. And he also noted that Pike appeared amused and at one point even giggled. Okay. Just lock her up and throw away the key. There's Mm -hmm. no... Yeah. So Underwood, he's a professional, and he would also note that Pike had been wearing a necklace that was in the shape of a pentagram. Interestingly Uh, enough, they carved a pentagram into Colleen Stan's chest. Wow, she's really dumb. I know. Now, he was able to connect some dots, and he's like, huh, interesting. She acted really weird, and she's got this pentagram necklace. Hmm. So he does report Pike's behavior and the possible, possible coincidence of the necklace to his superiors. However, they had already been going around the school. They had shown their trophy, at least Krista had, and she had told people about the murder as well. And the three were arrested within 36 hours. Wow. Did the other two, like, keep their mouth shut? Was it just Krista or... I didn't have a lot on the other two if they really spoke a lot or anything. Mm -hmm. I know Peterson would kind of flip and give more details after being arrested. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she didn't necessarily. She wasn't really forthcoming. Not, not that I could find. I'm okay. not saying she wasn't. It's just not that I could find. Gotcha. So upon arrest, police actually do find a piece of Colleen's school in Pike's jacket pocket. And police were able to obtain the school logs and they could see that four checked out together, but only three returned. Hmm. Connecting dots. And police would also search the suspect's rooms and they would discover a copy of a satanic Bible in to Daryl Ship's room. Okay. So this has got a lot. I mean, a lot of circumstantial evidence, but a lot. Uh Uh-huh. Enough. Yeah. Not long after the arrest, though, Krista Pike would just confess to the murder of Colleen Slimmer. Okay. So, Krista Pike, she would claim that her intent was never to kill Colleen, but they only intended to scare her. Mm-hmm. Okay. But at a certain point during the attack, Pike would describe that she couldn't just let Colleen leave. If she did, Krista Pike would likely be cut from the Job Corps program if they found out about the assault. Least of your problems here, ma'am. Yes. Wait a minute. So you're going to lose your job, basically. You're going to lose your job. So you're like, oh, I'll just kill her. That'll fix everything. It's not even necessarily her job. It's an educational spot, right? Yeah. They attack her and she claims, this is what she claims, at some point she was like, oh, wait, 
if Colleen tells anyone about this, I don't have my spot at the job core anymore. That okay. The math ain't mathing, but mm-hmm. I feel like you you know how they say you make a mountain out of a molehill molehill? Mm-hmm. She made a mountain out of a mountain. Like she made an Everest out of a rocky. She just doubled she made a whole mountain chain. Yes. Mountain ridge. She she is the Smokies. She yeah. So Knoxville police, they would testify that Pike had submitted to a statement the day after Slimmer's body had been found. So police did not find her body the day of the attack. They found it the following day, arrested Krista and friends the following, the next day. In the statement, she would tell police, quote, she wouldn't shut up. She kept talking and talking. She would start talking again. And I would say, shut up. I don't want to hear her talking. And this was in reference to Colleen during the attack. Do we know what the talking was? Because no. I feel like it was probably begging, pleading. Likely, yes. Um, but no, we did not. I did not find a statement of what the talking was. That's just my my best guess. When she's like, she wouldn't stop talking. Yeah, she was probably begging y'all to stop. Probably. I mean, what do I know? I know she wasn't asking for weed at that point. Yeah. I'd say that's a pretty good guess. I'm saying I'm very confident in that, but no, she never said what she was saying, or at least I could not find any sources. I will say Pike would deny carving the pentagram on Colleen's chest. And she also tried denying keeping a part of her school as a souvenir. They found it on you, Uh in your pocket. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, Krista Pike, she is charged with first degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder. On March, nope, in March of 1996, her trial would begin. Prosecution would use evidence such as the school fragment found on Pike at the time of her arrest and Pike's own confession. Dr. Engum was a psychiatrist who would testify at her trial, and he described Pike as an extremely bright young woman. He mentioned that Pike actually had an IQ of 111, so she's not lacking anywhere. She's pretty smart. Like, it's not super high, but it's not like she's an idiot. It's not being used. Right. Engum was testified that Pike had no symptoms of brain damage and that ultimately she was not deemed insane. But he would state that she suffered from a very severe borderline personality disorder. Engum would testify that he believed that Pike had not premeditated the act but lost control, which he stated would align with the diagnosis of the borderline personality disorder. He said it wasn't planned or it was just killing her, wasn't it? Yeah, killing her was not premeditated. Okay. I don't know. Now, the prosecution would also call two Job Corps students to the stand. Both of these students would testify that Pike openly spoke about the murder and that she showed them a piece of the school that she had kept as a souvenir or as a trophy. And um, they also had one that stated that Pike kind of laughed about it. Like someone mentioned her having it at breakfast and she's like, yeah, I'm eating breakfast with it. That's not verbatim what she said. That's just the general, general synopsis. Okay. Even if she did just lose control, she don't care. Mm -mm. She don't give a shit. Mm -mm. She's not like Darlene where uh, secrets hurt her heart. Yeah, no. She was fine. So they go through trial. On March 22nd, 1996, the jury would deliberate for just a few short hours. And Krista would be found guilty on both counts. Now, on March 30th, 1996, she would get her sentence. Uh, Would you like to watch a quick video that's going to show her reaction to her sentence? Oh, God. Do I want to watch this? I'm already angry. 
it's gonna make you angry still but sorry oh shut up i don't i don't i don't feel bad for her at all what because first of all she she started crying when she found out she was being sentenced to death Mm -hmm. so she don't give a shit about what she did she was bragging about what she did but now that she knows she's going to suffer the same fate just arguably uh, more humane yes thank you more humane now she's upset and she wants to hug her mom what about uh colleen she didn't get to hug her mom no and i'm gonna actually tell you the tiktoks that led me to this case were actually that video Mm-hmm. And every one of the comments were like, "Why would she be able to hug her mom? Colleen didn't." Yeah, you like made almost sure of that. Uh huh. I mean, you had a few that were like, "Oh, she could at least hug her mom." No, no, fuck her. You know what? She, you're right. She could at least hug her mom if she wouldn't have killed a woman. Yeah, she could have. So, yeah, sucks to suck. Bye. Don't feel sorry for you. Yeah. On March 30th, so just for our listeners, obviously Amanda gave some details, but. On March 30th, 1996, Pike would be sentenced to death by electrocution for the murder of Colleen Slimmer. Um, she, that was for specifically the murder. She was sentenced to 25 years in prison for conspiracy to commit murder. So they found her guilty on both charges. Now, her accomplice is Tadaro Ship. He would receive a life sentence with the possibility of parole plus 25 years. Um, again, same, same thing. But he is eligible for parole in 2026. As a reminder, he was only 17 at the time of the murders of the murder. And how old was Krista? Krista was 18. 18. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miss Peterson, who by this time she had become more of an informant to the police. She would actually, she'd plead guilty and she just received six years of probation for being an accessory after the fact. I'm just curious. How do you feel about Peterson's? Did she? Agenda? Cause I know you said her job was the lookout, um, mm-hmm. but did she? help physically she not that i'm aware of not that i could find she stood and looked out so okay um then why was it accessory after the fact because she didn't exactly go to police yeah but she i mean this was planned right they got conspiracy to murder why didn't she get conspiracy probably it's likely that this was a plea deal so Uh, she pled guilty to the accessory after the fact and that was taken off the table okay because that did i'm like but you you knew what you were doing. Like, mm-hmm. you're not just... Anytime someone's like, hey, stand guard and tell me if anyone's coming. Like, hold on. I need more info. What's happening? Right. What are we doing? Are we stealing something? Are we killing somebody? Because if that's the case, I gotta go. Yeah, it's possible. And I didn't get clarity on this. This is pure speculation. I could not find any sources that stated this. And I didn't get to this por- uh, point in court documentation because, oh my god, that was so much court documentation I read. Um... But it's possible that she testified or made statements that made it so that they could charge them with conspiracy. Okay. So she probably flipped or something. Yeah. Squealed or whatever they call it. She, by this point, she was already an informant for the police. Okay. Yeah. Now, after the guilty verdict, Pike, she has handed down her, her sentence. And in that video, and we'll try to post a link for that. But in that video, she breaks down crying, and she's just asking to hug her mom. Immediate waterworks. Uh-huh. She was Definitely totally fine up until the, the judge said, you know, death by electrocution. And then she's like, wait, I have to die? Yeah. 
No, gross. Not the plan. Now, she gets her guilty verdict and she would begin the appeals process. Okay, we all know death row inmates have, you know, their death, their uh, appeal process. But it was described as her, quote, she launched, canceled, and then relaunched the appeal process. So in June 2020, nope, in June 2001, Hike asked the courts to drop her appeal, then sought to be executed. She did this again in June 2002. Both times, this was against the advice of her lawyers. But in 2002, Judge Mary Beth Leibowitz would grant the request. She's like, all right, cool. And then, <laughs> Sorry, that judge is like, whatever, you want to die? All right. All right, you're already on death row. Here you go. <laughs> Shit. And they would set an ex- execution date of August 19th, 2002. After getting the date, Pike would actually change her mind. And on July 8th, 2002, her defense lawyers, who are probably really irritated because they're like, you did this without our approval. Like, this was against our advice. And now you want us to fix it. These had to have been um, appointed to her because anybody else would have quit. Right. Probably the ones they probably wanted to. Like, I don't know if they can. I'm sure they can. I'm sure they can. Yeah. They were probably like, I'm so sick of this. Right. But on July 8th, 2002, her defense lawyers would file a motion to allow the appeal process to continue. The motion was denied. But on August 2nd, 2002, just weeks before her scheduled execution, a three-judge state appeals court would rule that the appeal proceedings should be continued. Get your stuff to get. Just make a a decision. Please. Well, I mean, they're going to different courts, right? So they appealed one Mm -hmm. court, they went to the next level up, and... The next level up was like, no, we should probably allow her to do her appeals. So the execution is not going to be carried out at this time. So Pike then would request a new trial. I mean, her attorneys would request a new trial in December 2008. Denied. And she was returned back to death row. And that would exhaust her state appeals. In May 2014, Pike's lawyers would enter an appeal into the federal court system. In this appeal, they're looking to commute her sentence from death uh, from the death penalty to just life in prison. They used the grounds of ineffective assistance or of counsel. Pike suffered from mental illness, which was not addressed, and capital punishment, as administered in Tennessee, um, was unconstitutional. So okay. they're like, no, this is wrong. I mean, death penalty in Tennessee is legal, but it's the death by electrocution they're saying is that's unconstitutional. At least that's how I understood it. Okay. I was going to ask that because I didn't think that was one that was done anymore yeah Um, i understood it as the method which i'm like well if it's the method i'm sure that could be changed but yeah can't you just like switch it like on march 11th 2016 the u.s district judge harry s matisse jr he would issue a 61 page ruling ruling in this ruling he would reject the appeal on all grounds he said she had effective counsel uh, we talked about the mental illness and capital punishment. She was sentenced to this. Not my problem. Maybe he said, we can commute that to something else. Don't worry about that. 61 pages. He had a 60? lot to say. Yeah. He had a lot to say. Oh my gosh. He was just as fed up with this girl as I am. Yeah. Her request to commute to a life sentence in prison was denied. Now in October, 2018, 2018, Pike's defense team would again appeal on the same grounds to the U S court of appeals for the sixth circuit. On August 22nd, 2019, the lower court ruling would again be upheld. So denied again. And 
I'm sure part of the judge's rulings at this point might also come down or they might reflect on Pike's behavior while in prison as well. So on August 24th, 2001, we're going back in time. Sorry, guys. August 24th, 2001, Pike, with the alleged assistance from fellow inmate Natasha Cornett, which I did add her to the drive because I think we can do a story on her. But they would attack and attempt to strangle inmate Patricia Jones. They attempted to strangle her with a shoelace. And they did nearly succeed in murdering Patricia Jones. Oh, oh. thank God. It was just nearly. Uh Uh-huh. So Pike in this, she was convicted of attempted first degree murder on August 12th, 2004. Not learning lessons here, obviously. (laughs) And while it is believed that Natasha Cornett was, or she assisted with the crime, there just was not sufficient evidence to charge her. So she was never charged in this. But Pike was. There was sufficient evidence to say that Krista Pike was responsible. Great. So she hasn't learned anything. That's good. No, no, no. Then at the beginning of 2012, Krista Pike would begin exchanging letters with Donald Kohut. Donald was in his early 30s. He lived in New Jersey. He was like a personal trainer. And it's not really clear how they started exchanging letters. But he and Krista, they were regularly exchanging these letters. And it would progress to Kohut driving from New Jersey to Tennessee to visit Pike in person. Um. He would do this once or twice a month. And he was driving. And this was close to an 1,800-mile round trip. Oh, no. 900 miles each way. What is, what is it about this girl? I don't, I, get I don't it. know. That's probably a really shitty thing to say, but I don't care. She's a really shitty person. Well, during one of these visits, Kohut would tell Pike of a plan he had for her to escape. And <sighs> Pike, she was down as fuck with an escape plan. She was like, count me in. But she needed to enlist the help of an insider. So she would get the help of corrections officer Justin Heflin. Heflin would agree to help them in return for cash and gifts and bribes, essentially. (laughs) Okay. Now, early in 2012, uh, officials would get a tip on this and they would begin an investigation. In March 2012, Pike's plans are now foiled. Now, due to security concerns, details of the escape plan are not completely known. But what we do know is that in this scenario, it involved a prison key being traced and then duplicated. What? Traced? Like on a piece of paper? That's how I took it. And then what? You chisel it out of the wall? I don't know, but that's all we know. Okay. Thankfully, prison officials got this tip in plenty of time. And, I mean, they basically said this was like in the beginning work. They were not very far into planning this by any means. Like, they were so early, officials stated that the jailbreak was not imminent. (laughs) Okay. So, foiled there. In March 2012, Kohut, the personal trainer from New Jersey, he is arrested because they did this. um, They cooperated with New Jersey police to do this investigation. But he was arrested and charged with bribery and conspiracy to commit escape. And then Heflin was arrested and charged with bribery, official misconduct, and conspiracy to commit escape. Pike, however, she was not charged for this crime because it was not clear to investigators if she was an active participant of plan making or if she just knew about the plan being made. Okay. So. And she's the one they didn't have any evidence on, any hard evidence. 
yeah, they had no proof that she was actively involved in making this escape plan or if she just kind of knew about it. Okay. Which I'm like, that's kind of BS, don't you think? Um, uh, yeah. You can't give her like some kind of conspiracy charge or something? I don't know. Right. Conspiracy don't know. after the fact? I don't know. On May 31st, 2012, Kohut was sentenced to seven years in prison. Heflin, the officer who would end up cooperating with authorities, he would not serve time in prison, but he did definitely lose his job. Okay, fair. I feel like he should have spent time in prison, but if not prison, at least jail. Wait, is there, there's a difference. Yeah. Jail is like yeah. before sentencing, at least how I, the simplified version, jail is before sentencing, prison is typically after. Okay. Now that's so not always not the a case. difference. <laughs> I mean, you might, he might have spent some time in jail, but, mm. and it's likely it was in his best interest not to go to prison either because he was a prison guard. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So that might've played into it. I don't know. That's speculation on my part, but. Then he should have gotten what probation, something, something. He got fired. So yeah. I don't think it's enough because you're in a, you're in a position of power and you're abusing it. I mean, I will to give him credit. He did cooperate. Mm-hmm. And gave officials all the details. Granted, it was after he had been caught, so. <laughs> so he didn't have much of a choice. Yeah. But he could have fought it. He could have been like, no, I'm not saying anything. I don't like him. Mm, neither do <laughs> I, but. I don't like any of them. Y'all all suck. I know. Tell me about it. Now, this might not be a lot of crap she pulled. I'm sure it was enough to make her less likely to be granted any sort of relief, though. Mm-hmm. Now, on August 27th, 2020, the Tennessee Attorney General Herbert Slatery's office, they would request that the Tennessee Supreme Court set an execution date. Oh, okay. Done. Let's go, guys. Now, mostly due to COVID, though there were other factors, Pike's attorneys were granted extensions by the court. This allowed her attorneys more time to argue as to why Pike should not be executed. And the state didn't really oppose these extensions. I believe partially because they were dealing with I don't know, a pandemic. Yeah. You know. Which threw a wrench in absolutely everything. In everything. Yeah. yeah. On June 7th, 2021, Pike's attorney filed a motion to oppose the execution date and request a, certifica- a certificate of uh, commute- commutation. Commute- oh my gosh, they're commuting. Commutation. Yeah. Basically, they're asking to commute her sentence again. Okay. In 2022, <laughs> Pike and her attorneys would file a lawsuit claiming state prison officials have denied Pike her constitutional rights. Being the right to a a speedy trial? No. Uh, What? Pike states that she has been in solitary confinement for more than 25 years. From what I could find, she was put in solitary after the attack in prison. Thank you for answering my question that I was about to ask. Granted, that's not the math doesn't math on that one because that wasn't 25 years ago. Well, we already know she's not smart, so. Yeah, but from what I could find, she was in solitary confinement after that. But mm-hmm. it might have been before. But if she was in solitary confinement before, how did she get to Patricia? Mm-hmm. You know, a whole, whole set of questions. Yeah. Now, in the suit, it claims that Pike is held in a cell for 22 to 24 hours a day. Okay, sounds like solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. They argue, so Pike and her attorneys argue that the men on death row are afforded rights to work socialize and attend educational and religious classes something that pike claims she has been denied granted she is the only woman on death row in tennessee 
<laughs> kind of differences there. Isn't that what got her into this mess anyways? That's what got her into prison? When she killed somebody doing the Job Corps thing? Yeah, but I don't know how to help you. No, like, I'm saying, like, okay, if that's what got you here, why would we trust that you're able to to act correctly within those programs? Also, she didn't act correctly in 2001 with Patricia Jones, so. Yeah, also true. I'm just saying. Now, this suit was actually allowed to move forward. I could not find any resolution to this lawsuit. But from what I could find, Pike and, the, Pike and her team and prison officials will be working to find a resolution. If no re- resolution is found or they just kind of come to an impasse. Um, if they're having issues by January 31st, 2024, they will resume litigation or request to resume litigation. Okay. So we'll follow up as soon as we or if we hear anything on that one. Now, in August 2023, Pike's attorneys would ask the courts again to reconsider Pike's death sentence. They are not letting up on this. This actually came in lieu of Tennessee Supreme Court ruling that juveniles are constitutionally different than adults. And this came in reference to, I mean, this is in reference to sentencing juveniles. We've talked about this, um, where it is unconstitutional to sentence a juvenile to life in prison without parole. Mm Mm-hmm. However, she wasn't a juvenile as far as I'm concerned. She was 18. That's what I was going to ask. Like, she was 18. So, do I think 18 is grown? No. But do I think you know not to attack and kill people at 18? Yes, I do. Yeah. I think you know that at 17. Yeah. You know? Um, So, the attorneys argued that she was just a teenager at the time of the crime, which, yes, she was 18, legally an adult. And they argue, like, if she were executed, it would contradict Tennessee's value of human life and redemption. They also kind of pull in, hey, look, Tadaro was only 17, and he got, he's got life with a possibility of parole. That's a year difference, which, okay, I guess I see. And they do argue that brain development between a 17 and an 18-year-old is not much different. Okay, did he take a piece of skull with him and carry it around and eat breakfast with it? Um, as far as I'm aware, that was Christo. I feel like that shows um a vast difference in people here. Uh-huh. Is he aggressive? Violent? Sure. A better word? Yes. Is he a psychopath? Who knows? Did he literally commit murder because of he he was jealous? Yeah, and insecure. I might argue. Yeah. Point is, is they're kind of using that to bolster their argument, right? They're saying, look at this, and look at this study, and. All that fun stuff. Now, I was able to find one news article that came out on November 1st, 2023, and a judge denied the latest appeal and upheld her sentence. Oh, no. In that same article, according to Pike's attorneys, they will be appealing this decision. At this time, there is no execution date set for Krista Pike. As of today, this is the website, the source that I was like, I was hesitant to pull anything about or from. But there is a website that is mercyforkrista.org. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Is um, this the, was this made by the, the, the jock man, the physical trainer? Koha? I don't believe, I don't know. I have no idea who it was made by. Okay. There's a whole ass petition on there. So I wanted to mention this. So first of all, I struggled. I don't know if the information on that website is true or false. I just know the position of that website and I try to find unbiased websites. Mm -hmm. Um, 
the position of that one is very much to garner sympathy for Krista. And so I was hesitant to pull any details from the source. So I opted not to. Now, I will say this site, it does go into a lot more depth on her early childhood, which is where it's really garnering that sympathy for her. Mm-hmm. And this is really one of the only sources that I found that went into this much detail about her early childhood. So I didn't have as much as they did. I'm telling you right now, I opted not to put it in. I struggled just because, first of all, I don't know the accuracy. I don't know who's writing this. I don't know who runs that website. I don't know enough about it to trust it. So that is why I did not, but I am going to throw it out there. Now, on this <clears throat> on the website, a statement from Krista reads, quote, <clears throat> it's a long statement. Hold on. I had more than my fair share of drama growing up, and I realized that so many others have that didn't commit violent crimes. I don't use that or anything else as an excuse for what I did. There is no excuse for what I did. I take full responsibility for my actions and regret everything that happened that night. If I could take it all back, I would. And not only get myself out of prison, and not only to get myself out of prison, I know that's what a lot of people assume. I've already spent a lifetime in here, and I have no expectations of ever leaving these fences. That's not what this is about. I only want my situation to be looked at now through the eyes of logical instead of anger, the eyes of logic instead of anger. And answer the question of if I deserve to die for a crime committed by three people. I'm not even close to being the same person I was over 25 years ago. End quote. Is this the first time she ever apologized and admitted? I really still don't feel like she apologized for her actions. She said she takes full responsibility. Yeah, I feel like it was weak. But I also feel like she said this because it... Like, did she say this or did her lawyers say she said this? Um... I don't know. It's written on the website and claims mm-hmm. from Krista. Yeah. I just wonder if they wrote that down and was like, you should say this and mm-hmm. only this. Yeah. Now, they have a lot mm-hmm. of arguments for why Pike should not be executed. A lot of them are, well, this person killed two people and they're not on death row. Or this person did this and they're not. Here's yeah. my thing. is A lot of murders did not involve the element of torture. Mm-hmm. Not only was Colleen put through, I'm sure, extreme physical pain, but she would have been through a lot of emotional pain, a lot of, you know, trauma. It just in those few moments that she was still alive while being attacked. So to me, and I don't know all the cases they're referencing because I couldn't find all of the cases. But for them to say, well, this person killed two people and they're not on death row, I kind of feel like is different because of the circumstances of the murder of this one case. Yeah. So I'm just throwing that out there. That's mine. Now, if she should be on death row or not, I've got my opinions on that. You guys are welcome to have your own opinions. If you really think she should be free, there is a petition on the mercyforcrystal.org. Um, Again, I have my opinions, you have yours. Now, if Pike is executed, she would be the first woman to be executed in Tennessee in about 200 years. 1819 oh. is the last, last execution of a woman oh in Tennessee. Gosh. She is also the youngest woman ever sentenced to the death penalty in the United States. And she is also the last person sentenced to death in Tennessee that was 18 at the time of their crime. And she is the only woman on Tennessee's death row as of today. Wow, that's a lot of firsts for her. I'm 
She could have not done first like that. She could have made her yeah. other first in other ways. Yeah, she could have, I don't know, been the first in her family to go to college or something. That sounds like a healthy goal. She could have been the first in her family, immediate family, to not neglect children. <gasps> I like that one. That's mm-hmm. a good one. That's something I think we could all aspire to. Now, I'm not including her grandparents in that. I'm just talking about her parents there, guys. Immediate, yeah. So, that is the case. The horrible murder of Colleen Slimmer. Thanks. I hated it. Uh Thanks for the challenge. Thanks for reading into a challenge that wasn't there. Ew. Well, okay, so you know last week I made it a double downer of an episode, right? Yes, but also, um, I almost forgot. Uh pictures i did put them in there and i hope you appreciate the really ugly crying picture of krista i do and i noticed that from when she turned around and looked at who i'm guessing was her mom when she found out that uh Mm -hmm. she wasn't just going free yeah when she found out she was being sentenced to death Mm -hmm. i really appreciated that one i thought that was a good call okay yeah i specifically looked for that one (laughs) but and then Colleen, she's just so pretty. She's poor. Poor girl. Anyways, okay. You did a double downer last week. Yes, I remember it. I'm still bitter. Okay. Uh, well, as an apology, I did not do a downer this episode. I think you're going to like this one. Okay, I'm ready. So we are going to talk about the Loveland frog. I knew it once I pulled up the frog picture. <laughs> he, well, it slash they are also known as loveland frog man or the loveland lizard it's seen in can you guess loveland ohio who to thunk it wow what a what a coincidence this is a humanoid frog that is four feet tall walks on its hind legs and it has no hair according to legend it was first seen in 1955 and it was seen either by a businessman or a traveling salesman. Either way, it was, it was some businessman saw him driving. And stories say that it was either May or they don't know what time of year. So they don't know. Could be May. But he was driving along an unnamed road late at night. And he was leaving Branch Hill, which is in Clearmont County, Ohio, when he saw three creatures on the side of the road. They were walking upright. They were all between three and four feet tall. They had leathery skin, frog faces, webbed hands and feet, deep wrinkles on their heads, and they were completely hairless. Other stories claim that the creatures were seen either on or under a bridge. And I hope this is true because on or under this bridge, one of these frogmen held a wand over its head and shot sparks out of it. Oh, thank God. I'm so glad to hear they're like their own unique little sparkler. Yes. The Loveland Frogmen are also magicians, apparently, and I'm living for it. On March 3rd, 1972, it was around 1 a.m. when Officer Ray Shockey, he was a Loveland, Ohio police officer, and he was driving down Riverside Drive near Topes Boots Factory. And the roads were icy, so he was driving pretty slow when an animal scurried across the road in front of his car. Since he was driving slow, he got a really good look at it. He he said that it was completely illuminated in his headlights. 
and he described the animal as three to four feet tall, between 50 to 75 pounds. It had leathery skin, and he said that it was crouched like a frog, but it stood up on its back feet long enough to look directly at him, or I'm sorry, he said stare directly at him, and then climb over the guardrail and make its way towards a river nearby. I'm more impressed that he was able to gauge the weight of a creature he's never seen. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, that didn't seem strange to me because I've worked with dogs a lot. And that's kind of like, I can look at a dog and be like 75 pounds, roughly. But you've seen a lot of dogs before. True. I have never seen a three foot frog. Exactly. Hmm. Maybe he was judging it by like, maybe Height he's like, yeah. Or like, that looks pretty muscular. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's like, he's got, he has no thighs, but he's got some calves. That's about five, ten pounds, right? Looks like a beefy second grader. I don't know. That's why I'm like, I'm pretty impressed. He was guessing that well. He was like, yeah, it's about 50 to 70 pounds. Maybe 72. I don't know for sure, but. Maybe he had to put something in there since he's a cop and he's writing a report. And he's like, I don't know. I didn't. It's a frog. 50, 75 pounds. Maybe just threw it in there. Maybe. And it didn't have hair. All its leathery skin. It's got to be pretty light. Two weeks after this happened, Mark Matthews is another police officer. He reported an unidentified animal in the same area. But he said that this wasn't walking. This one wasn't walking upright and it didn't climb over the guardrail. This one ran under it. And he said that he had no idea what it was. And he was scared that nobody would believe him. So he shoots it and kills it and then throws it in the trunk. Okay. Um, after this, he takes it back to show Officer Shockey. And according to Matthews, Shockey, the night that, the night that Shockey had seen what he had seen. I put this bullet in a weird area. I'm sorry. Shockey called him that night. Shockey called Matthews and told him what he had seen. And Matthews claimed that he didn't believe him, but due to his demeanor, Matthews said that he didn't believe him, but due to his demeanor, he's like, he saw something. So that's why Matthews is like, I'm bringing this to my buddy Shockey and just shot it, killed it, threw it in the trunk. Um, And according to Matthews, Shockey said that this was the animal he had seen. That was it. But it wasn't a frog at all. It was an iguana. Okay, so how is this iguana standing up on its hind legs here? I think iguanas can, like, stand and run. I don't think they can just stand and stare. I don't know. I've never owned an iguana. I've always wanted one, but never owned one. Um, But this iguana was roughly three to three and a half foot long, and it was missing its tail. And Matthews assumed that the creature was a pet before it got too big and someone just let it go and was like, all right, be free. It's only Ohio. You should be fine. Hope you don't freeze in the winter. Yeah. Mm, You're cold-blooded anyways. It's fine. I don't think that's how that works, but. I'll go into that a little later. So now we're going to fast forward. That was 1972. Yeah, we're going to fast forward all the way to April of 2016. There was a couple, you know, this was Pokemon Go era. And 
there was a couple that was playing Pokemon Go. They were just walking around, you know. Mm-hmm. Sam Jacobs, he was out with his girlfriend, and he said that they were behind Congregation Beth Adams Synagogue on Loveland Madeira Road. Jacob said that they had crossed some train tracks and they were headed to Lake Isabella. When he told WLWT-TV, this is a quote, we saw a huge frog near the water. Not in the game. This was an actual frog. I love that he had to specify that. The thing stood up and walked on its hind legs. I realize this sounds crazy, but I swear on my grandmother's grave that this is the truth. You know, if you're swearing on your grandmother's grave, you saw something. That's deep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he did get pictures and a video of the creature, but it's not great quality. So you see the picture. I did upload that. Let me look. Let me look. If you look, you'd see the picture. <clears throat> okay, I see it. And then, I mean, it's a creepy picture, but eh, is it? It's it's hard to make out anything. Just looks like an owl. Yeah. <laughs> it looks just like a three-foot lizard. Looks just like anything any conspiracy theorist would call it. It kind of looks like a man in a Ninja Turtle costume with headlights on his face. Honestly, it just kind of looks like someone emerging from the water with headlights on their face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I also have a video that... Oh, double videos, guys. Yeah, I know, right? What are we going to do? I love that you go full screen and I fucking made you watch it on the itty bitty screen. (laughs) Yeah, this is what we're talking about. You can't really see anything. It it's looks, very blurry. It looks like car's headlights. Yeah. And they're kind of reflected in the water. That was it. Oh, okay. And I gotta say, okay, Jacob's not a great cameraman. Very we gotta, shaky. Yeah, we gotta work on that. Yeah, poor, poor camera skills. But, I don't know. Um... What did you think of that? Do you think it's the Loveland Frogman? I think it's a hoax. <laughs> I think someone put on some reflective tape on glasses and is like, okay, shine the light at me. Just taped flashlights to their eye sockets? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eye sockets or a helmet or something. I don't know why I immediately went. Or just glasses. Yeah, that makes so much more sense than what I said. They just taped it straight to their eye sockets. <laughs> They just shoved these flashlights right in, taped it. They're fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it, guys. They didn't have an eye there anyways. Uh, what if it really was, like, just somebody doing something completely normal? Like, I don't know, scuba diving or something. They're scuba diving in this lake. And they come up out of the water. And this this guy's, like, filming them. Like, he's probably just as put off as you are. He's probably like, I'm going back. Yeah. yeah. So when asked if uh, Jacobs thought that this could be the Loveland Frogman, Jacobs told the news station, not sure if it was a frogman or just a giant frog. Either way, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Um, I just want to point out, I just pulled up an image of like lights for scuba diving. And a lot of these do show too. Yeah, because they're, I think they're, are they on the shoulders? Um, well, this one's on the shoulders. This Again, one, don't know why I knew that, but this one I don't know if it's on the shoulders. I'm looking at images. My point being is that it very well could have been someone just messing with them. Yeah, because that does not look like a frog to me. If it is, that is a that is a thick frog. 
Like he's got a chest. He's barrel chested. Well, I think maybe it looks that way because one arm is like looking like in a weird position. Like this arm looks like it's bent and kind of above the water. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other arm, when you look at it, it's like out to the side. Like he's walking like a princess or something and just like he's... trailing his hand across the water. Yeah. I don't know. But this um, this story, it ran in the papers for a couple days, maybe two or three. And then our friend Michael Matthews, the lizard killer, um, I mean, officer of the law, he contacted the news station and he told his uh, he told his story to a reporter. He said that this is fake. It was fake from the beginning. He added that he believed um, the iguana was living in the pipes near the boot factory. And that's where the random iguana come in because people say, like, like we said earlier, Ohio is not natural habitat for iguanas. Is it even a natural habitat for frogs? I'm sure. Maybe. Frogs? I don't know. I don't feel like I've ever seen just a random frog out and about in Utah. And I think it gets colder in Ohio. It's not cold all year, right? Frogs hibernate, don't they? I have no idea. Turtles do. Maybe they hibernate together. Sounds like a cushy hibernation. (laughs) Um, Are frogs native in Ohio? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Frogs do hibernate. Oh, okay. Huh. All right. Okay, so this has been your zoology lesson with Bryce and Amanda. Because we're really good at that. Mm-hmm. Also, there are frogs native to Utah. I, however, just have never seen them. That's probably because your dogs eat them. Probably because I don't want to see them. <laughs> There's a big difference. That thing moved. I didn't see it. So all the frogs get to Bryce's yard and they're like, no, her dogs are going to eat us and she's going to let them. Mm-hmm. Let's she get somewhere else. Listen, my dogs, one of the big dogs, um, they might have played with a snake flinging it around in the air, just like a little garden snake. And I was like, I don't see anything because Cody's going to have to deal with that. <laughs> Hope they don't get bit. Dumbasses shouldn't have picked it up. I'm sure they had it taken care of. Yeah, I never saw another snake in our yard. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, they probably I mean, hung it on the front fence as a warning. No, I think Cody flung it over the fence to the neighbor's field and was like, yeah, that'll just decay and give the horses on that side something to stomp on. Oh, my God. Those poor horses. It probably scared the crap out of them. They probably just saw snake and that was it. I don't know. I don't think there were any horses at the time. I think it was I think it was getting colder. Mm -hmm. I don't remember, but it was dead anyways. That snake did not survive. Well, according to Matthews, um, the iguana was also he said. The thing was half dead anyway when I shot it. Like, that makes it better. Because you just killed an iguana for no reason. I mean, I guess I can see people killing animals if they're injured or half dead in the sense, like, if if a deer's been hit by a car and there's no saving it. Okay, mm-hmm. but this iguana didn't really seem that way. I mean, it ran across the road just fine. Does he think it was half dead because it didn't have a tail? Because we know that's not true. Did so, he maybe think it was half dead because he already made up his mind and was like, now it's really dead? I think that might have something to do with it. 
At the time of the interview, Matthews was living in Florida and said that he still contacted about the Loveland Frogman, but he ended saying, it's like Bigfoot and all that other stuff. I don't believe in Bigfoot either. Okay. <laughs> Killjoy. Well, Loveland, they don't care about him because in 2023, the Loveland Frog was named the City of Loveland mascot. Okay. It was debuted at the second annual Hearts of Fire weekend from February 10th to 12th. And he was dressed for the occasion as a frog prince, which I thought was cute, just precious. Maybe it really is like a frog prince and it's someone that was turned into a frog running around just trying not to die. Kiana? I, or no, I what was, was the prince's name? It started with an N. Naveen? Yes. Prince like Naveen. Him. Yeah. See, we got there. But for Ohio, what would be yeah. Ohio royalty? Um, don't they have that chili thing? The chili spaghetti? I have no idea. Cincinnati something. It's fine. In October of 1895. Okay, this this was a news article. That I found in the Gadsden Times in Gadsden, Alabama, about the Loveland Frog. They ran a short blurb about it in October of 1895. They referred to it as a six-foot-tall phantom that has survived for decades. They spoke with Edgar Slotkin, a folklore professor at the University of Cincinnati. If I would have known there were folklore classes, I would have stayed in college, first off. Let me just say that. Oh, yeah, there's folklore in college. That that would have been so fun to take. I just took disc golf and I sucked at it. I think I took one class of folklore. I can't remember for sure, though. Ugh, I did college wrong. <laughs> Me too, so. He told, uh, Professor Slotkin, he told the reporter that the Loveland Frogman he's seen on Foggy Nights he hasn't been seen too recently, and he never he's never hurt anybody. So what's the hate? He also says that the Loveland Frogman shows up in a cycle, but he's unable to pin it down. But he thinks that has, since he hasn't shown up in a while, he expects it to be seen again. Um, how can you like say it's in a cycle, but you can't pinpoint the cycle? Not real sure. I wonder okay. that myself. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Also, I think I said this was 1895. I think it's 1985. Oh. <laughs> I was going to ask about that. I was like, oh, 1895. Wow, we're jumping. Oh, my bad. No, 1985. Like the song. I was going to ask about it. And then um, <laughs> the cycle comment came up and my brain switched gears and went, wait. Yeah, that was my fault. Little you can't find a pattern transposed. unless there's an actual pattern, guys. He says there is. He just can't pin it down. Oh, that's because he deals with folklore. He doesn't deal with patterns. There's got to be a pattern class in college. Um, I don't know. I didn't know about folklore, so I'm not the one to ask, really. <laughs> I'm not asking you. I'm just saying there's got to be something to help with patterns in college. The Loveland Frog, uh, he has inspired a couple different things. The Man from Primrose Lane. This is a book written by James Renner. It's a science fiction mystery novel with 
a version of the Loveland Frog in it. And then in May 2014, a musical debuted at the Cincinnati Fringe Festival. And this musical is called Hot Damn, it's the Loveland Frog. Well, hot damn. Let I want to see it. I'll watch it. Hot damn. Uh, sure, I'll watch it. I'll watch be. any musical, I think, that starts with hot damn. Yeah, that's probably a pretty accurate statement. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like, hot damn, look at this. I don't even know. But that's um that's all I got for the Loveland Frogman. Not much <laughs> info about him. He's pretty he's pretty elusive. elusive. Yeah. yeah. But I love yeah. him. I think I he's think great. He's awesome. No, he's I've... got a magic wand and he's never hurt anybody. What's not the love? I don't know. Um, maybe it's that nobody can seem to catch him. Yeah, I don't really love that. No, I, I think I... I do love that because the person <clears throat> the I mean, this poor lizard got shot. I was just about to say maybe that's for the best. The lizard didn't make it out well. Yeah, we're not. Th- that's what it is. We're not yet equipped to handle him, and he knows that. We're not equipped to handle anything. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, just throwing it out there, not to be that person, but also I'm going to be that person. All right, all right. Um, I do love him. I know that story. I've heard it several times, <laughs> and every single time, I'm like, I love it even more. Every single time. It doesn't matter. But That's not the love. <laughs> Well, I mean, how could you not? It's just a frog walking around. Like, it's no big deal. Oh, no. I know somebody that is deathly afraid of frogs. <laughs> and I'm sure she's going to text me when she sees, when she hears this. So, looking forward this, to it. Is this Brittany? It is. Yep. Brittany, look. <laughs> you can you can cover the frogs. I've got the flying creatures. I think we're good. Oh, no. She cannot cover the frogs. When we used to work uh, together, no, the no, little the bitty fear. frogs. Little bitty frogs that are, like, this big. She, no. She's not even so, like a three to four foot frog. Can you just imagine being chased by that? Brittany, I meant in fear. You handle that fear, I'll handle the other, okay? Oh, well, then if that's the case, yeah, she's got you. Okay. Th- thanks for trying to make it worse than what it was. You're welcome. I'm not trying to stick you with frogs, Brittany. I'm not that <laughs> rude. Hey, I've never done that. I was always the one to go out first and like slap them off the wall or stand in between them if I needed to. I am not so sure I believe you, if we're going to be honest, solely based on your laugh when you talked about it. I didn't say I didn't appreciate the screams, but I did not make it worse. I don't think. Not that I remember. Brittany, let us know. Yeah, she will. Yeah, let us know, because I'm I'm calling BS. <laughs> calling BS on that one. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Helen Hill's podcast. To see. <laughs> Hold on, I'm choking. To see pictures (laughs) from this episode, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and something else. (laughs) Instagram. No, I said that. (laughs) Instagram and Facebook at Hell on Heels Podcast. You can find us on X at Hell on Heels Pod. Um, You can also find us on other things. Bryce, any any t- any day now. You can take over. I'm struggling yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Thank you for listening to Hell on Heels podcast. To see pictures from this episode, you can follow us on Instagram Hell on Heels podcast X Hell on Heels pod. Facebook by searching Hell on Heels podcast. You can find us on Linktree by typing in Hell on Heels podcast Linktree. If you want to support us, please like, review, rate, share and subscribe on your preferred listening platforms. If you want to take your support one step further, 
so we can create additional content for you. You can donate through Patreon, where we're working to release specials for our patrons. If you have your own true crime or paranormal story suggestions or just words of encouragement, please email us at helenhillspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to tell your friends to listen with you as well. Bye. Bye.